0: do you want to grow closer to Jesus do you want to love Jesus more then go seek spiritual direction I guess that's the easiest way of putting it
1: yeah it's as simple as that it really is hello and welcome back to Beyond the Bulletin the official podcast of Saint Anthony of Padua. my name is Nate Hoffman I am the Communications and Development Coordinator here at St. Anthony, and today I am joined by a deacon and one of the leaders of our Spiritual Direction Ministry, it's Deacon Rick Vogel. How's it going, Deacon Rick?
0: Awesome as always.
1: It's good to see you. We, uh, You've been here all day doing spiritual directions, and I know it's at the tail end of like, you've been here for what, six, seven hours of, of meetings, so you must be pretty <laughs> exhausted.
0: It does get that way sometimes.
1: Well, it's good to have you. Thanks for um, Thanks for coming on. Let's start with um, a conversation about you. So, you're obviously a deacon. How long have you been a deacon?
0: I was ordained in Kal- Kalamazoo, Michigan, in 2007. So, be it's coming up 15 years here. Wow. Uh, next next month or so.
1: Okay, so Kalamazoo, we have to talk about it. Home of <laughs> yes, Derek so. Jeter.
0: Very, yeah, very good. Yeah, I was I was there when. Um, Derek had just graduated from high school. It's kind of an exciting time, and he's a very generous person uh, to the Kalamazoo uh, area. So we're very fortunate to have somebody like that um, as a namesake for us. Yeah, Kalamazoo. is
1: he your most famous besides yourself? You're the most famous Kalamazooite.
0: Um. Well, Checker Cab that was there, that was built there. That's long before your time. Um, also, Gibson guitar. Oh, um, yeah, they I've do that. that there too as I've well. And then Upjohn used to be called Uptron with. Um, all of us have viewed their product called Motrin. So it, it was actually a very nice place to raise my family. So, yeah, Kalamazoo is a fun place. It's a very beautiful town, um, very Christian-oriented, um, and a great place to raise a family.
1: So you were there raising a family, and talked to me through, how did, how did you get the call uh, to become a deacon? W- was it in Kalamazoo?
0: No, I, I grew up in Chicago, okay. um, and I moved to Conroe, between my junior and senior year in high school. I had uh, been uh, heavily influenced by a priest in Chicago um, named Father Bullwith, um, who really inspired me, and I was gonna go into the seminary there at Mundelein. Kind of a little factoid is uh, Bishop Barron would have been the class behind me. Um, Oh really, wow. Yeah, yeah. so I uh, moved here between my junior and senior year of high school. I graduated from Conroe High School, And then I went into the seminary here in Houston called St. Mary's. I was there for a couple years, and that's how actually I know Father Tom, um, the prior pastor here. Uh, He and I were in the seminary at the same time, and actually Father Tom, before he was ordained, was a groomsman at my wedding. Um, So I was there for a couple years. Sorry. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) We have to to talk about this. That's incredible. I have never heard that before. What was— Father Tom, as a single man, you know, a non-met pre-single man, just the the idea fascinates me. How is he as a groomsman?
0: Uh Father Tom is, as you probably well know, is can be very fun, <laughs> <laughs> and Father Father Tom can be very fun and was very fun. Um, actually, he was a a wonderful singer, an incredible guitar player. Is that um, right? Yeah, he was he was highly talented. Uh, well, still is, but you know, he really had a gift of that and. It's kind of what inspired me, I guess. When, when I left the seminary, I'd done a retreat called Search, um, which was a young adult retreat that a lot of the seminarians did, along with other college uh, people. And so I decided at the time to leave the seminary because I call, had the vocation calling of, of marriage. And so I left, and then through the retreat, Search retreat, is how I met my wife a couple of months after I left the seminary, Elaine. Um, and then I kept contact with Father Tom at the time just— Tom and again he was in my wedding. We were married in January of '81, and I believe he was ordained in '83. So yeah, he was good. He was a good enough friend in the seminary to um, continue that relationship, and I have over you know Mm -hmm. 45 years now. So I I left the seminary because of vocation of marriage, uh, which you know Elaine and I have been married for 41 years, very happily. That was your call. That was my call. Yeah, absolutely. After graduating from college started a career as a CPA, had children, and then we left in 1986 to go to Michigan, transfer uh, work in Michigan. And we there for, I don't know, 25 years. The calling had always been there. But, you know, just as most people, they focus on their careers and the young family. So it kind of got put aside a little bit probably for, I don't know, five, five or 10 years. But then the call really came back probably in my mid-30s or so. And so I went into the program in Kalamazoo, Michigan. So whatever that would have been, probably in the, right around 2001 or so. So again, I was ordained in 2007, but I came, became disabled because of my vision in 2006. And so that gave me the opportunity as a deacon to really be involved in the church that I was at, um, St. Uh, Catherine of Siena, which is in Kalamazoo. So I was very involved over there, which I really loved doing it. I did a lot of pastoral work there. And then about two years or so after being ordained, Elaine and I went to Kentucky, and we worked for a Catholic organization, uh, ministering to the poor in the Appalachian Mountains. So we were there for a year. So I worked in the Lexington Diocese for a year, and then came back and then also bought a house in Florida. So I was also assigned in Florida to a couple of parishes there in the Venice Diocese, which is Southwest Florida. So I've kind of been around a little bit.
1: Yeah, you've um, been to all over the country. <laughs> yeah, you? I have been.
0: I guess I'm uh, kind of a rolling stone. Um, I, we we love the adventure. And, and what it's really taught me was, you know, the diaconate ministry um, is really worldwide, and it is really servicing the people of, of God and, and, you know, helping them to love Jesus. Um, I guess that's kind of the bottom line as I look at it is, you know, my job is to help other people love Jesus. I um, mean, it's probably what really kind of leads in the spiritual direction. Um, sure,
1: yeah, uh, and, and that's one thing about deacons that I think we we might take them for granted. We have so many good ones here, but it's a, a biblical calling. You know, the, these are these are positions that were established in uh, at the Acts of the Apostles. Some of the first things that the apostles did was appoint these helpers to go uh, help minister to the people of of God. So. Um, yeah, you mentioned spiritual direction. If you, uh, anyone's heard you preach, you, you often preach on uh, prayer life, spirituality, um, which makes sense. It probably a, should be a common theme in in uh, all, all homilies. But uh, for you in particular, it seems to be a sticking point. Why? What draws you to that topic?
0: Um, I love Jesus. <laughs> and answer. I want other people to Good love answer. Jesus. <laughs> and, you know, uh, as we hear in Scripture, I believe it's—I uh, mean, I'm, I'm a— uh, a Catholic so I may not have the quote exactly right but I'm pretty sure it's first John we know the four, gist I, <laughs> the gist of the gospel <laughs> exactly um, God is love um, and, and uh, you know I have fallen in love with Jesus and I love to draw other people to help them fall in love with Jesus and order to express that love is in and through prayer and what is prayer prayer is just you know for for my simpleness is just having a conversation with Jesus and just talking to Jesus about what's going on in your life. Um, in 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 all aspects of of your life, and so it's it's a great opportunity for me to to help other people learn to fall deeper in love with Jesus, and you do that through prayer. It's a dialogue. It's a conversation, and so that's kind of what what's led me to becoming a certified spiritual director is really giving people an opportunity to fall in love with Jesus, um, and you do that in prayer. And so it's the opportunity to just teach people about prayer. And Why.
1: Let me ask you a question. Why do you think prayer is so hard? Compared to you know, maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but simply acting like a good man, uh going to church on Sundays, those are relatively easier things to do. Sometimes prayer can be so difficult and and so hard to, you know, to get started, to get into. What is it about prayer that that myself and so many other people uh there there we find there's like a barrier to entry sometimes?
0: You know, Nate, it is really an excellent question, Um, and I'm not sure, probably the simple answer of it is, is because it's not the conversation like you and I are having right now. We don't necessarily hear God's spoken voice in our ears. Um, It's really more drawn in our hearts or maybe our minds, and so that becomes a little bit more difficult but I think there's, there's certain things that we can do or things that, we, you, know, you know, you and I can talk about right now. But prayer, oftentimes we, we, um, we struggle because, number one, we don't hear the voice of God answering um, our questions or queries or, or request or just in a normal conversation. Um, but I, what I kind of encourage people to do is if you're in prayer, have an out loud conversation. Um, there's, a, there's a great scene in the movie about St. Ignatius of Loyola called, the movie's called St. Ignatius of Loyola, where he, he helps this lady have this initial conversation, this prayer with Jesus. And he said, he placed a chair in front of her and he said, Picture Jesus. What does he actually look like? You know, in, in really detail. Don't make it a black and white picture, but make it a full color picture. You know, is he smiling at you? What color is his hair? Is it long? Is it short? Is he dark? Is he light? Has he got blue eyes or green eyes or, you know, make him alive in front of you and then just have that conversation with him. In the voice of Jesus in our minds is actually sounds like us. Um, Jesus's voice sounds like us in our own mind. And so sometimes we get confused about, is that really me? Or is that really Jesus? Um but oftentimes it's Jesus, and it just sounds like us in our own
1: mind. That's an interesting question. Is when something comes to you and you're praying, there's a the temptation to think, "Oh, I I just thought of that. Don't don't worry, God. I thought of it myself." Or, or um, you know, that can't be from God. Uh, you know, because because uh, I feel trepidatious about it. So, how do you how do you know if it's the voice of if it's something that God has put on your heart uh, versus something that just came up naturally? Or is there even a difference between those two things?
0: Again, great questions. I think the easiest way to answer that question is God is love, God is agape, God is about sharing, God is, a, God is about goodness. And if we, if we really recognize that, we, we can see it in, in uh, Galatians uh, chapter 5, talks about the fruits of the Holy Spirit love, joy. Peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, generosity, and self-control. Those are attributes of God. God, Our God, the God that we're in love with, is a God of love, a God of joy, a God of peace and kindness and gentleness. All those fruits of the Holy Spirit, if we ever get confused about whether that is really God in our life, just fall back on those fruits of the Holy Spirit. If they're not those fruits, and there's something the opposite, then we know it's probably not of God. And maybe that leads into another a little bit of a conversation about, you know, discerning, um, discerning God's will, discerning, you know, we call it discernment of spirits, good spirits, bad spirits. Um, and St. Ignatius, who's I mentioned earlier, who's really my hero, um, and the reason I really like St. Ignatius of Loyola, um, who has basically lived in the uh, 1500s, he, his spirituality is very earthy. It, it's very straightforward. There's much depth to it, but I think it's a spirituality that a lot of lay people can embrace because it is, I won't say simple, but, but it, 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 it's simple to follow. Um, in, in one of his great teachings is called discernment of spirits and there's, there's 14 rules of discernment of spirits in the, it really goes through and helps us understand through the eyes of St. Ignatius of Loyola how to really discern whether this is God in our life or not. And it, the, the first four rules talk about moving toward God or away from God, and consolation, moving toward God, or desolation, moving away from God. And, and they're beautiful rules and pretty, pretty simple and straightforward that really gives us um a clear understanding of of god's movement in our life um and, and and probably the easiest way to kind of summarize that is you know god and the evil one are not friends you know i've said this many times in preaching they're not friends and not buddies they don't sit down and have a cup of coffee together they're they're always 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 moving in opposite directions so if you, if you can anchor your, your discernment, as an example, in the fruits of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, those that I mentioned, the opposite of that is going to be the evil one. So if you do joy, the opposite of joy is, is sorrow or sadness. So if you feel in your heart a sorrow or sadness, it probably is not God. It's not of God. Okay. Yeah, it's probably. Now, not to say in all cases, right? Jesus was sorrowful. you know, in the Garden of Gethsemane. So, there can be, but it's still leading us to this gracious, loving, merciful God that is filled with love for us. So, if you ever have this conflict, I think a real simple, basic way is hold on to those fruits of the Holy Spirit. Maybe memorize those fruits of the Holy Spirit. What what is that about? And if, if you feel a sensation that's the opposite of those fruits, probably a pretty good pretty good that it's probably not of God.
1: I think that's all real, really good advice and good to chew on, something you can look back on. And I think uh, in particular, just look at in your own life, because prayer, like many things to me, and, and this sounds obvious, is the more you do it, the better you are. The more you, the more you pray, the better you are at prayer. Similar to golf, if someone te- asks me to, you know, how should I get better at golf? I tell them, you should go play golf. You know, well, there's a difference, though. There's a difference for sure. <laughs>
0: golf is one you may not even want to take up ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stay away. Stay away from golf. Uh,
1: yeah, there's a lot of uh, the anti fruits of the Holy Spirit there, but uh, but with prayer, I, I just think the like the saints are great examples of the more you spend time with something, the the you become an expert in in Discerning, uh, discerning about a feeling or an emotion or or something like that. So somewhere where I I can be sort of wallowing in this, like I don't even know what to think. Ignatius would would have been able to parse through every single thing and just systematically and practically say, Does it, is it this? If then, then let's check this out. If not, then let's go into this other point, which I, I think is so good about the Ignatian spirituality in those 14 steps is that it's not highfalutin. It's not... Uh, Way up on you know this mountaintop, it's very practical and earthy, like you said. I think Ignatius is a hero of um, many priests, and he's a, he's a hero of my brother, who's a priest. He he talks about him all the time. So, um, what else about I- Ignatius? There's this Ignatian spirituality you you started to do describe. Would you consider yourself to have an Ignatian spirituality?
0: Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I got a little blend of of. Um carmelite spirituality as well but it's just one particular way of praying it's not the best and it's not the only um you know there's carmelite there's dominicans there's the franciscans or you know there's the jesuits which is ignatius of Loyola. so there's lots of different ways of doing and it's not you know one or none you know we can all take a little bit of a blend on some of these other ones uh, as well each of the different orders for the most part, have a certain spirituality about them because it centers around a charisma that they're that they're focused on. But I think for a lot of people, and certainly for many of the people that that see me for spiritual direction, who honestly most of them are novices, right? They're they're interested in some of them just even starting a prayer life, um, and so I really turn to Saint Ignatius because I, I think he's he, he gets us a good start. Um, mm. Not that we can't continue forever in the Jesuit way, you know, in, in their spirituality. But for a lot of people, there's there's a couple good books that I, I recommend for people to kind of just get started with. And maybe I'll just mention those to you yeah, right now. Yeah, that'd be great. The three books are by Father um, Timothy Gallagher, who's actually not a Jesuit, but who is a an expert in Jesuit spirituality. Um, the three books are, and I usually do it in this order, but one's called The Examined Prayer, It's E-X-A-M-E. E N, examine prayer. Next book is called um, "Discernment of Spirits" on the fourteen rules, and then the third book is called "Meditation and Contemplation," which is uh, the Jesuit way of how to pray with scriptures. Which may be a, a really good lay into uh, maybe another topic here. Um, you know, praying with scriptures. You know, scriptures is is the lifeblood of of Christianity. or or certainly one of them, right? I mean, we could have the sacraments and and the teaching authority of church and and what have you, but scriptures is a very important part of our Christian life, and using the Word of God to pray with is awesome. It can be awesome.
1: So thanks for those three recommendations. I look forward to checking those out. This um, meditation and contemplation, is that connected to Lexio Divina? (laughs) Excellent, that's right. All right, okay. So when you were describing that Ignatius asking that woman to pray with Jesus in front of her imagine his hair his eyes was he smiling it reminded me of of lectio divina mm-hmm. um which go ahead and and explain that concept to us um uh, if if for those of us who haven't heard anything about it
0: um well lectio divina essentially just pray, it's basically praying with scriptures mm-hmm. um and I would recommend anybody that's kind of starting off in this journey of praying with scriptures is I, I would recommend them to use the Gospels um, because they're stories that we're all going to be familiar with, right? Um, maybe, maybe make John the last one you pray with because sometimes John can be a little difficult as, as sometimes we hear during Holy Week, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know start off with a Luke or a Matthew or Mark. In praying with scriptures, it, it's, it, uh, there's a difference between praying with scriptures and, and doing like a Bible study, Which is beautiful, and I love teaching Bible. You know, I've taught many Bible study classes, and I love doing that. But there's a difference between a Bible study and praying with Scriptures. Kind of a basic—this is being very simple, but a basic difference is really a Bible study is really using your mind. Mm -hmm. Is really, you know, looking at the words and and doing, you know— um, it could be literary criticism where you're looking at, you know, how the structures of the words are. It could be historical criticism with, oh, really? What What did Jesus—what were fishermen like at the time of Jesus? Right. Or these other things, those are great. Those are important, and I would highly encourage people to do that. But it may not necessarily be praying with Scripture because, remembering Scripture's is a dialogue. It's a conversation. It's a relationship you're trying to um, develop and enhance with Jesus, and so for saint ignatius he has contemplation or meditation contemplation is a little bit more using your mind and contemplation is more really looking at your heart so how i would recommend people to start praying with scriptures first and foremost is to find a nice quiet place in your house be comfortable you know maybe sit in a lazy boy chair or whatever You know, no distractions, limit your distractions, shut the door, be quiet. You know, the next step would be maybe to, you know, take some deep breaths, you know, just relax yourself, call the Holy Spirit in you, you know, and and just be comfortable. Um, And then the third step in Lexa Divina, in these, you know, you may add or subtract some steps, but, you know, the third step is to find that Bible verse that you're looking at. Maybe it's, uh, let's say the blind man, um, the healing of the blind man. Because that's a favorite story of mine. Yeah, (laughs) I'm waiting for that to happen. (laughs) Um, And so maybe what it is is to read that scripture verse slowly, no rush. Read through the story once. Just settle your heart in the story. And then the next time, just read the story, and the first thing that catches you, stop. And just be with that. Meditation, maybe it's a word. Maybe it's a word that catches you. Maybe it's blind. Maybe it's him sitting down in the road. You know, whatever the story attributes are. And then that would be praying, you know, in terms of meditation of that word. The one that I I really encourage people to do, which is, I won't say more fun, but it's kind of more fun, is being contemplative in your prayer. And that's be that blind person. Hmm. What was it like to be him? What You know, and, and use all five of your senses now, for the blind person, he can't use one of them. Um, you know, what do you see in the picture? What do you see? What do you smell? I mean, do you, do you smell the, the the bread being baked next door? You know, whatever that is. What do you feel? You know, do you feel the roughness of his, of his simple garments? You know, um, you know, what do you hear? Do you hear the crowd getting excited about Jesus? Fully immerse yourself in the story. And an important part of it is, and St. Ignatius talks about it, The story opens you up to an opportunity of prayer. Don't get stuck in the particulars of the story. Let the story unfold itself. And I'll just use an example. I was praying with this. um, And what happened was, after Jesus healed me, he brought me to the river. And, you know, he, he gave me new clothes, so I walked in the river and he you know, handed me a bar of soap and so I'm taking off the old grime of my life and I'm I'm scrubbing and he's talking to me about how much he loves me and he hands me this new garment to wear after I step out of the water all clean. That's perfect. The scripture is just the doorway to allow you into experiencing the opportunity to have this conversation with the Lord. That's what's most important. Not to get stuck in, well, that's not in the story, so I don't, you know, I can't go there. Mm -hmm. Um, The story just opens you up. And and people say, what I got distractions? You know, what do I do with distractions? And um, I believe it was Saint Saint Catherine of Siena, I think, said, distractions are like food and air. (laughs) You're not going to live without them. Mm -hmm. We all have distractions. So it's not trying to necessarily drive the distractions out. It's more, what do I do with the distractions? And so if you're in the prayer, and you're doing Lexa Divina as an example, and something keeps popping back in your head, and if you can't prayerfully and gently let that move away from you, then I tell people, as well as the saints do, maybe it's not a distraction.
1: Maybe stick with it for a while. Yeah,
0: stick with it, right, exactly, Nate. You know, maybe the Lord's leading you to that to open up a conversation maybe it's a worry about you know and i you know maybe it's a worry about a kids you know maybe it's a worry about a job maybe it's worried about your lawn got weeds in it or you know whatever it happens to be if in that prayer that distraction doesn't gently go away then i say to people call jesus into the distraction right. say jesus why is this so important to me what is going on that i'm worried about the weeds in my lawn right you know what? And maybe pray, have that conversation, right? Prayer conversation with Jesus. He wants to hear about all of it. He wants to be engaged in all of your life. So if it's a big concern about the weeds in your yard, and it's it's during your time of prayer, and that keeps coming up, maybe your prayer needs to be about why do the weeds in my yard bother me so much.
1: Deacon Rick, I have heard a lot of people explain Lexia Divina in and, and meditation and contemplation, but that was one of the best explanations I've ever heard. That was great. It made me very excited to, uh, after work, go and dive into this and and, and try again for, for myself um, yet again. So thank you for that explanation. That That's um, a great example of why you are a spiritual director here at the parish. <laughs> Um, let's talk about the examine prayer. This is one of those that is is tossed around a lot for a starting point or, or a great way to end the day, something we can all do. And, um, everyone from a first time prayer, a novice to saints, uh, have done this. So walk me through the five steps of the examine, starting with why is it a good way to end the day?
0: Well, it doesn't actually have to be at the end of the day, Mm. um, so, you know, what is the examined prayer? It's not, it's not examination of conscience. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something in preparation for the sacrament of reconciliation. That's different. The examined prayer, in St. Ignatius was very, very stressful on this. He basically would say, you do the examined prayer before you do anything else. And if something else has to go, the examined prayer is the last thing to, to, that you don't do. So the examined prayer for St. Ignatius and the Jesuits is the thing you always do. Even if something else has to fall off, it's always the examined prayer that's done. So that you know, with that in mind, I think it, it offers us the opportunity or at least the wisdom to say, well, okay, what's going on? Why is this so important? It, it is our opportunity, once again, to get Jesus engaged in our life. He doesn't want just a little piece of us, or he doesn't want... This piece over here that's just Deacon Rick's, nice Deacon Rick. He wants to be involved in all of it, not just the, not just the good part, but he also wants to be engaged in, in the struggles and, and stuff that we have. And so the Examined Prayer is our way each day, the daily Examined Prayer, our opportunity to reflect about what's going into in my life. How did I do today? And so the first step of, of the Examined Prayer, which I think there's such great wisdom in it, is gratitude. Gratitude, what a beautiful way to start our new prayer is to stop and say, Dear Lord, for today, what a great opportunity. You know, I went out to lunch with a buddy of mine. I just came back. And what a great opportunity for me to reflect on gratitude of my friend mm-hmm. and the great conversation we had, and we enjoy each other's company and we we do this every month. You know, so whatever those things in your day. That you're grateful for. It could be it could be a beautiful sunrise. It could be the smile of your child when you walk in the door. It could be a good meal. It could be you know whatever it is. Saint Ignatius says stop, and that's a great place to begin in gratitude. What are you grateful for? What are you grateful for today, Nate? You know what is that in your day that was really a blessing? The second step is what in your life do you have? petitions for what would you ask God to help you with you know intercession prayers petition prayers you know is there anybody in particular you know again maybe it's a child that's has a health issue or a job that you're struggling with or you know whatever you know world peace whatever that is you know what what do, would you like to ask God for particularly for this day what was important maybe something that didn't go right that you would just like him to be with you a little bit more on that's the second mm-hmm. step okay Third step is the review of the day, and Saint Ignatius says hour by hour or period by period, which would mean, um, you know, maybe in the case of somebody that's working, you know, maybe it's the first period of you know getting up and getting dressed and getting to work, and you know that that whole activity. Maybe the second period is the morning, mm-hmm. you know, up until lunchtime right before or lunch. Yeah, right. exactly. And then maybe the third period is the afternoon work, and the fourth period is you know being at home, and the fifth period is Putting the kids down to bed, or you know, Mm. whatever, whatever that is, but it's kind of reviewing each one of those days and basically asking a question: Where was God? Hmm. Was God anywhere in that? You know, was God involved at your work at all during the day? That doesn't mean that you have to be a Bible thumper, or you know, you got to be preachy or anything. But you know, going back to the fruits of the Holy Spirit, love. You know, we're How are you expressing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness? How are you expressing those things at work or at school or in your family? Um, So it's just kind of the review of the day. So you kind of get a summary of kind of what's cooking. Then the fourth step is, uh, you know, what do you need a little forgiveness for? What maybe didn't you do good today? And maybe you had an interaction with a, uh, a coworker. And maybe, you know, we're a little short with them or whatever. Maybe it's your spouse, right? Maybe you didn't leave uh, for work really good that day. You know, maybe you had a little argument or disagreement. Where do you need to have a little bit of forgiveness? You know, where do you need to seek God's forgiveness? That's the fourth step. And then the fifth step, which I think is so brilliant, is what they call renewal. What do you want to do tomorrow? What did you do good today that you want to drag into tomorrow and what maybe didn't you do really good at today that you want to improve on tomorrow? So the fifth step is just basically, you know, giving you, giving you kind of a summary. And what did you do good? And what, what do you need a little bit of help with so that you can prepare for the next day? Now, St. Ignatius is very strict about this. This should not take very long.
1: Oh, it should be quick.
0: It should be maybe 15 minutes okay. for, the, for the whole process. And I'm pretty sure it's no greater than 20 no greater than 20 interesting and if after 20 minutes you are still in gratitude you're done you don't even have to go through the remaining four steps
1: oh if you're grateful for that much if, stuff yeah exactly
0: you know um you know maybe a birth of a child you know your child is born All you today can be is grateful yeah to you're just you're still nothing else matters you're right. just in in gratitude right you know or whatever Maybe maybe you get through you know gratitude and you go through petition, review, and maybe forgiveness. And maybe forgiveness, man, oh, man, I really did pretty poorly today with this interaction with this person. And maybe you're spending 15 minutes of the 20 minutes on forgiveness, and you never get there and no, stop. Mm-hmm. So it's just basically an opportunity, and it's a really beautiful way of doing that each day, of just taking, taking tabs of how you did today. It's an opportunity to get Jesus in your life, to weave him more into your life. That's all God wants is just be more involved in your life than just, oh, I did the rosary today, so Jesus, now you're done, so put Jesus on the shelf. Jesus wants to be front and center all the time.
1: So when you're listing these five steps out, I'm thinking in some ways this could be presented as um, self-help or—not self-help, but self-improvement for anyone in the world, religious or not. Um, it's just a way of looking back and saying what you're grateful for, uh, how you can do better, what what you wish you had done better, what you can do better tomorrow. But the key difference with the Ignatius thing, with this, this manner of praying, is the point is to draw God into everything. So what you're grateful for, draw God into that. Make sure God was there. Uh, review the day, the, the periods of the day. Be sure God is there. You know, you're, you're asking for forgiveness because— god may have not been there for you and and not not in the sense that he didn't show up for you but you didn't put him in these situations where you're arguing with your spouse so the, the the key distinction between this this vague sentimentality of like wanting to be you get better and better which i think the world offers like how can i do better tomorrow is but ignatius wants you to do better tomorrow but he wants you to do better because you're welcoming god into your life does that does that make sense to you
0: absolutely it's with a purpose you know my you know my goal in life um, is, as I think I can speak for most Christians or to all Christians, is I want to get to heaven. Mm. You know, I, I, I want to spend eternity with my with my beloved Lord um, and this part of my journey. This life part of my journey gives me the opportunity to, to work on that and to, and to be more Christlike. At, you're absolutely right. You could use these five steps to just be a self-help, you know, very um, secular self-help and sure that that's great but us as christians we we, we want to we're doing this because we want to draw ourselves closer to jesus we want to fall more in love with jesus that's the reason for doing this not simply to make myself better mm-hmm. but make myself more of an image in likeness of god so that i can become a deeper and more profound member of his body so that i can help others and help myself obtain the, the ultimate glory, which is being in the presence of God right. for eternity.
1: Deacon Rick, let's, let's end our discussion by talking about spiritual direction, something that uh, you do all the time near to your heart. You said you were certified in some way, I think in, in spiritual direction. Uh, tell us a little bit about what spiritual direction is and, and who's, who's invited to come into spiritual direction.
0: Um, spiritual direction is you know having someone that this is my feeling but somebody that's trained in in how to do it but it's someone that's going to journey with another individual so that they can fall more deeply in love with Jesus it's not it's not. Oh, tell me how many times did you do the rosary this? You know, last month. You know, we you normally meet on a monthly basis. So, you know, how many times did you do the rosary? And did you? Did, you know, how many times did you go to you know sacrament of reconciliation? Or did you skip any masses? Mm-hmm. I mean, those are all important, but that's not really the point of spiritual direction. Spiritual direction is about how to help people fall more deeply in love with God, and and, and you do that in and through prayer. Which is this relationship we have with jesus which is having this conversation this dialogue with jesus so spiritual direction is an individual i'll say such as myself that is just walking with somebody and so you know some of the conversations you know my question i ask often is you know how how's your prayer life going what what's going on you know what you what you've been up to in that or you know maybe they'll explain a situation a struggle that they have or what have you with a again with a child or spouse or work or whatever and the question always is is well is god in there somewhere you know where's god in that thing you know that struggle or that happiness that joyfulness that you have is god in that so it's really giving people an opportunity to stop and weave god throughout their entire day and throughout their entire life um so somebody you know so as a spiritual director some of it is listening to people being you know empathetic to people listening to them uh, and sometimes challenging them, right? I mean, hey, it seems like you've been a little little lumpy this last month or two. What's going on? Right? Consolation, desolation. Seems like you're in desolation. Let's talk about that. Why? What's going on? You know, what's happening? Um, and so th- that gives them an opportunity to speak out loud. And oftentimes when we, when we speak out loud, we hear things differently. We hear ourselves differently than if I just speak in my own head. You know, if I try to just process through a problem. And you can, you know, you think about this, Nate. In your life right I mean you know maybe you come home and you're frustrated by something at work or whatever so what do you do you you sit down you have a conversation with your spouse right with your wife and and so they oftentimes will bring clarity to something oh did you think about it this way or how about that or what so spiritual direction is kind of like that um, opportunity to have a a conversation with somebody and how's your journey going you know how's your prayer life going what are you struggling with what are you doing good at um, what are you reading? You know, oftentimes we'll recommend some readings and stuff for people. How's your prayer going? And if it's not going good, let's talk about it. And how come? Let's let's see if we can, you know, you know, you can open that up in prayer. And, and it's not solving somebody's problem. It's really. Giving them an opportunity because oftentimes what I say is, well, I guess you got, you know, what you're going to be praying about the next month. Right. So you it know, comes up
1: organically almost. In the yeah, it
0: does. And so then, you know, I don't want the answer necessarily to questions I may pose to them. It's more of, you know, take this back to prayer. It sounds like a good thing to pray about, you know, good conversation with mm-hmm. God. Go take that back to God.
1: It sounds very Socratic. They find the answer by asking <laughs> yeah. questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. That even outside of all the other, um, uh, value that you just mentioned, the uh, benefit of someone asking you how your how is your prayer life going once a month and you having to answer. I think there's value there because that's not a question you hear very often. No. Um, it, maybe people listening to this podcast do hear more often than others because they're probably going to church a lot, but to be able to grapple with, you know, how is my prayer life going? Oh, wait, maybe it's not going as, as well as I thought. Maybe all I do is say a you know a dry decade of the rosary while i'm thinking about other things uh you know in the morning and and, and make uh, just the bare reflection which is maybe that's even part of the point of the examine as well is just a good reflection on 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 your own actions and Deacon Rick how do you get involved in spiritual direction are, are there are there openings who do who do i email who do i have to call
0: well fortunately here at St. Anthony's we we have eight or 10 certified spiritual directors we have a, a fair number of folks that are doing this um, I, I would just recommend they can either contact me directly, um, you know, through the website, you know, ourvogel at ap.church, or you can just do spiritual direction at ap church. And we have um, there's a there's a, probably twice as many ladies who are doing spiritual direction than men. So if you you know if you have a gender specificity, um, you know, don't want to meet with me or whatever, you want to meet with another lady, just do spiritual direction uh, at ap church. But um, Spiritual direction is for everybody. Why? <laughs> because we're all on the journey to Jesus, mm-hmm. and and you know I've been under spiritual direction for probably twenty years now, um, and it's an important part of my life because I enjoy my time with my spiritual director, and he does a great job of really you know helping me self-reflect on things um, you know that I can take back to prayer, and so it's it's it, it is something for everybody, and I've got kids that are eighteen years old, and I got folks that are pushing 80. So it's really available to anybody um, that really wants to grow. Do you want to grow closer to Jesus? Do you want to love Jesus more? Then go seek spiritual direction. I guess that's the easiest way of putting it.
1: Yeah, it's as simple as that. You know, it really just is. Just like having a trainer at the gym or a golf pro looking at your game. Again, golf comes up. I think it's just been nice out <laughs> lately. I've been wanting to get out there. Yeah. Um,
0: the blind guy doesn't play golf very much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Deacon Rick, thanks a ton for coming on the podcast. I know you brought a lot of clarity for me um, on Ignatian spirituality and, and those methods of prayer, and I'm looking forward to looking at those books you mentioned uh, by Father Timothy Gallagher, from The Examined Prayer, "Discernment of Spirits, and Meditation and Contemplation. Perfect. I'm looking forward to diving into those and, and learning a little bit more about, about that. So, Deacon Rick, thanks for coming on the podcast. We'll see you at uh, Mass sometime.
0: I bet you we will.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Nate. See you. Bye-bye.